I've heard that edibles like you you should only eat like a small portion. Yes. No, I'm not. Yeah, that's I know like, how they work. Well, no, but one would think, oh, here is a small sized gummy. I can eat this whole thing. That's what but, I thought. But you can't. You can only like eat the foot. No, I. that might be propaganda or you might be seeing some actual size like bears. <laughs> if you were making big actual size. These are like a Sour Patch Kid size. Okay. I right. take one and it does, you know, it's good. And I'm like, oh, I got to have another because there's so many colors. So I have two. So I have a red one and a green one. Okay. And then I know, and there's a yellow one. So I'll probably have that. All right. There's no more red ones because the first one I had was red before I had the other two. Okay. But uh, it's a bag of eight. So it was a bag of eight. Oh, now it's a bag of two. Oh. Hey, everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And you're very happy to be here, apparently. That was my friend's clap. That was... Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because of the theme song. That's our opening theme theme song, song, uh, you know, our opening dialogue theme song break. That's our music clearance rights for the year. <laughs> Guess I won't be singing any of those fine Harry Connick Christmas carols next month that he wrote, because we spent it all on the applause of the Friends theme. Are you a fan of that theme? As many years later, like, do you like it as a song? I like it as a yeah, song. I'll be there for you. I do. Yeah. I do. I don't mind it as a song. There was a time where I was, you know, I didn't need to hear it again, but now that I'm hearing it again because I'm rewatching the series, it doesn't bother me. Do you like the Party of Five theme? Which one is that? I can't. I can't That's the Everybody Wants that. to Be Closer to Free. Everybody wants to be like they want to be, I think, or something like that. Sure. It was, uh, another, it was, a, it was on the radio. Song. It was one of the first songs they ever downloaded for iTunes in 2006. So you liked that theme. I did. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it as a song. I was always embarrassed to play it at work or something because I knew it was the theme of the Party of Five. It's like if Ghostbusters comes on. Like, I love the song Ghostbusters, but I'm embarrassed if it comes on, especially if it's not Halloween. <laughs> that is a hard one to listen to when it's not Halloween. The Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. theme? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty catchy, and it's always a good it's, movie. The movie doesn't take catchy. place it's, at Halloween. It's, uh, uh, I want a new drug catchy. Oh, you want? Okay, yeah, I mean that's true. I guess if you want to go into that, we don't have to. We have we have a whole ep- other episode planned. Um, we're we're binging a show today that uh, we're actually we're going back to. This might be the first time we've returned to a topic, or the second time we've returned to this topic. So the second time we've returned to a topic where we watched a bunch of Friends episodes. <laughs> we actually watched six uh, Friends episodes. Yes. Did you watch six or did you watch five? I watched six, I thought. Is that 94 to 99? Yeah. Right? Yeah, but there's one in there that I skipped. Oh, you, oh so, so when it comes time to monologue about that, I'll be set. Yes. No, I have plenty to say about it. It's not like I don't know the episode. I just chose not to watch it in this particular Really? Because I find it was helpful to watch them. I Because I don't remember all of these the way that I watched them now. Like, my memory is different from my experience with them. I, so. I agree. I have an episode where it's very clear that, that I have a, a differing opinion these days. So why are we doing these episodes? That might be a, a worthwhile thing to point out, and then we'll get right into it because we've these been going for a bit. episodes, yes, these are the annual 
Thanksgiving episodes that Friends was so kind to do every year. And so what we did, we're looking at just the ones from the 90s, because through the rules of the show, we can't transcend into discussing the 21st century, or nine listeners are going to be confused. But (laughs) um, Friends premiered on NBC in 1994, and that very first season, the ninth episode of that first season, because of its placement in the month, was a Thanksgiving episode. Um, their first one, and this was this one was entitled "The One Where Underdog Gets Away." Something I found in watching these episodes, because normally when we do a binge podcast, yeah, it's like four in a row in release order or something. This is one episode per year for the first six years of the show. So, in just watching these episodes, what I'm finding is there's a lot of plot that you're expected to know. Yeah, no, I agree. This first episode isn't really there's no plot. It's really kind of a, a sitcom trope episode. It is very sitcom-y, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say there is some plot in, there's some character development, but there's not really, there's not a whole lot of stakes in it, really. Yeah. What, 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 quickly, like in a sentence or two, what's the general gist of this episode? Uh, the general gist is that everybody's plans for Thanksgiving uh, was separate, but one by one, everything goes wrong for each individual, and they all end up back together at Monica's apartment for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's true, because you've got, like, Rachel's trying to get home for the holidays, but she can't get enough money and tips for the plane ticket. Oh, she's actually uh, trying to go skiing to Vail. Oh, is it not home? It's skiing, yeah. yes. But, it's just, but her family's there, I guess. She wants to get yeah, to her it's family. Yeah, it's a family trip. Uh, Ross and Monica find out that their parents are going somewhere else for the holidays, so that's changing their tradition. Um, we learned that Chandler hates the holidays. This kind of establishes this, I feel like. this. Yes. It's kind of a running gag. Maybe that's why they go back to Thanksgiving, that Chandler hates Thanksgiving because... that That's when Chandler learned that his parents were getting divorced. And I think that's all the details they gave, right? I mean, we learn more about his parents. Uh, I think we've already... Have we already met Morgan Fairchild? I think she comes later? later. I think that's a later episode. That's his mom in a later one. And yeah. that also does a lot to build him. I I like that we're starting with this episode because I've recently, and I think you were too, I've rewatched some of the first season just out of curiosity. And early on, Chandler is not much of a character. He's, to, in my point of view, he's jokes. He's, you know, all the gestures that we've come to know and that's fun, but there's not much to him. Watching him go through 10 episodes, or I'm sorry, six episodes, so six seasons here, I've, I see that they get a grip on kind of what he is. And I feel like the seeds are landed here. I feel like yeah. if there's a character arc for Chandler throughout all of Friends, it's that he's, I think he's trying to lay claim to a family that he never had. Like, I, I think he's, you know, he's trying to be sincere. He's trying to be honest, healthy. I mean, the show ends with him and Monica together. The, the series ends with him and Monica together. Spoilers for friends. <laughs> um, about to raise kids and all this. And I feel like that kind of starts in this episode because it he does. is sort of a spoiled rich kid whose parents didn't love him the way that he wanted. He didn't get the connection he wanted. So he makes jokes to keep people at a distance. He doesn't know how to have a healthy relationship because his his examples are off. He doesn't enjoy things. I like that as the series goes on, he gets a little more. We'll see too. I think we'll see maybe even two more, uh, two episodes from here. He gets more cynical. Like Chandler is at his best. I think when he's cynical, when he's hurt, when he's mad. And so I'm glad he figures out his life. Eventually he's less interesting once he gets together with Monica, but I feel like this episode, if nothing else, establishes that. And it's interesting because as 
since we go back to Thanksgiving every season, we're seeing his interaction with this holiday. There is some growth more than the other characters, because I never really think of Chandler as a character who grew much before, but he does, I think. I mean, I, I like the, I do like the character. I do like Chandler. I like him less than I used to, but I still like him. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the, the character arc. I mean, the character arc is captured in these episodes, which I think is the point you're making. Um Having just watched these, you really see him progress beyond everyone else um, in in the cast. Uh, it's it's Chandler's story. Each Thanksgiving is is can be seen as Chandler's story. You, so you get the intro here in the first episode, and then as we progress, you see how he warms to it and he finds that family that he's looking for. Uh, up until the last episode that we're going to talk about, where he is involved with with Monica. That's like a happy accident, right? Like that can't be something they had planned. I doubt they planned that. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is a neat little accident. No, I like that. It's and setting it at Thanksgiving gives it something. Like everyone's, you can do it. It's a wonderful like with Christmas. You can have the I'm getting older with birthdays. I like that this show. And again, this isn't. It's not like it's a stretch. Other shows do this, but I like that this show seemed to have chosen Thanksgiving as the marker of each year passing. Like they don't do a New Year's episode every season. They don't do these other things, but Thanksgiving is there. And I get it. It's it's a, it's a group getting together. I mean, this first episode, this idea of kind of Monica's throwing the, her first Thanksgiving in her apartment and all that, I could relate to that. I, I did that. You know, I remember the first year I didn't go home for Thanksgiving and a friend of mine and I, we made dinner for a friend and her mom and our roommates and we did it together. And there was something... I think the show is about kind of like building a new home, you know, everything out of college when you're creating your new microcosms. And I think setting it around a holiday, because we were, you know, we were talking earlier about Thanksgiving growing up, you know, family holidays. It sounded like it was intimately just your family for you. Do you remember your first Thanksgiving away from home? Um, It was probably when I moved to California after uh rooming with you in Boston for a while. Cause when I was in Boston, I would make that trip home for Thanksgiving. I don't think I missed a Thanksgiving <clears throat> while I was in Boston and my home was, you know, a five hour, six hour bus ride away. Um, so yeah, w- it would have been out here and it, we ended up doing a similar thing where the friends that were out here in the area and, and couldn't make it back to their families, we got together for a little Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know if we did it exactly on Thanksgiving day, because maybe some kids, maybe some of them were able to get home, but we all still wanted to hang out. Um, so maybe it was the night before or that weekend around Thanksgiving. But yeah, we did a, a little friend thing. Yeah, I, I think that, 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 and again, that's probably what draws me back to the show now. Like there are things about the show, and we've talked about this before, friends that don't age well. <laughs> there are things that probably haven't maintained the humor that they had. There's, there's a, in this first episode, there's a, there's a plot that's related to Ross. Um, in this first season, we find out that Ross and his ex-wife, Carol are expecting a child, but Carol is now dating her girlfriend, Susan. So they're going to raise the child together. So there's like a triangle going on there with Russ, Ross trying to be, be the father figure, be involved. And, it's an interesting plot line because Ross is actually very uncomfortable with the idea of lesbians. Mm. I, I think this whole series at times is a bit uncomfortable, yeah. but Ross is. And as a character trait, that's interesting 
It's believable. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not a good trait as a person, but it's, none of us are fully formed when we come into adulthood. And, and I think there's something interesting to Ross who has the jealousies of this person is with my ex and getting all the attention of the child I helped conceive. But there's also that he's just not comfortable with it. And I, I know I, I, I feel like that could have been a, a plot line to, to go to. Like it's played off for jokes. He gets some lines in it. I mean, I don't think they're necessarily, necessarily derogatory, um, to, to Carol and, and, and Susan, but that's kind of a missed opportunity. I feel like, like, I feel like I wanted to, you know, like, I feel like we don't like Ross. I feel like we've stated before, we're not a fan of Ross. And Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have watched his discomfort be a, you know, actually be a bad trait, you know, like instead of it being a chance for jokes kind of things, there's, and there's some weird jokes in this about it. And I, I would just, I'd like to see Ross coming to grips and I guess he does a little bit. He's coming to grips with being a father despite having to share the child. And they never really follow up on it. But I don't know. I feel like there's a missed opportunity there to make Ross something. Right. Yeah, that was never the focus. It was, like you say, just an opportunity for some uncomfortable jokes. I forget that this show is at times. And I see it more now than then. Because at the time I thought it was very, and it was, it was a breakthrough show. It was a different show, but it's very sitcom in parts. It needs to do some contrivances to get people in the room. It needs to do some contrivances where people can just be on the other side of the couch talking and no one will hear them. Like all yeah. of those. There's a big one we can talk aspects. about in, uh, in this next episode too. Um, okay. Well, why don't we move on to that? But before we do, I guess, yeah. so, uh, this particular episode, do, um, do you think it, <clears throat> I, I thought we could look at it for each of them. Does this need to take place on Thanksgiving, this particular episode? Um, yeah, I think this really definitely does. It, it, yeah, because it, it does exactly what you say. It shows their progression into adulthood. The first time that that they don't have their family uh, around this very special holiday, special to a lot of people and to all of them. They all have special things they want to do uh, with their families because it's Thanksgiving and it's not happening. And it's also key that Chandler... Uh, doesn't want to do anything at this time because we learn more about him. So yeah, this is definitely a, a Thanksgiving All right. episode. Well, jumping ahead a year to 1995, uh, season two, episode eight was an episode called The One with the List. Uh, this was written by David Crane and Marta Kaufman, who are the co-creators of the show. Um, I think they also both worked on Veronica's Closet. I think Marta Kaufman recently created Grace and Frankie. Um and this is the one that I guess is not really much of a Thanksgiving episode. Not a Thanksgiving episode. No part is, of it takes place on Thanksgiving Day. Well, it, it takes place leading up to Thanksgiving. But they not even reference really. Thanksgiving. It's referenced in, in one quick passing. So mm-hmm. so I think they, they realized the timeline of where this episode would air. It makes sense to reference the holiday, but it's not a Thanksgiving episode. There's really no focus on Thanksgiving. Um, again, it doesn't happen on Thanksgiving Day. And the plot of the episode has nothing to do with the holiday. Uh, well, season three's Thanksgiving episode, uh, episode nine called The One with the Football. Uh, it aired in 1996. Uh, written by Ira Ungleiter, which is the name I always saw in the credits. Um, I might be mispronouncing it. I apologize. Uh, Ira Ungleiter uh, worked on the f- first three seasons Uniglider. of the show. Uniglider? That's, the what, Uniglider. I'm, that's what I'm going to say. 
Uh, but uh, wrote about 34 episodes or worked on 34 episodes at least. Also created the Weber show. Uh, worked on Veronica's Closet, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, pretty big sitcom writer. And this I, uh, this episode comes from what I think is my favorite season, the third season. Um, and it's set at Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, and it's it's kind of, the last one would have been like this too, but we're saying that that one wasn't a Thanksgiving one. This one does rely on knowledge of continuity of the show. Um, this one, you need to know that Chandler was recently broken up with by his ex-girlfriend, Janice. Um, I was trying to figure out if Rachel and Ross were together. They're not, are they? No, they are. are they? they are together. They are together. Okay. Yeah. Um, was that jarring for you going when you're watching these episodes? Did you have to take a moment to place yourself in the continuity of where are we at? Uh, a little bit, but not really. Um, it was enough. And I'm, I'm familiar enough with these episodes and these seasons because, yes, this is a bitchin' podcast of these episodes uh, just recently. But it's not like I haven't seen these episodes at least 10, 12 times, you know, over the course of the last 20 years. Um, but is this so, an episode a casual viewer could just pick up? Like if you just happen to be flipping around, it's like, oh, it's a Thanksgiving episode. Would it make sense? If, if you're not familiar with the show, no, I don't think it would make sense. I think, you know, maybe, you know, Ross and Rachel were together at some point and you'd easily put it together that they're together in this episode. Um, but then there are other episodes we'll talk about where certain things are like, wait, what, huh? What's going on? How did that happen? Why? This was an episode that I thought would seem real to you. I, this is, I felt it was contrived. They go out, they play touch football and they get into a fight. I enjoy the episode, but I just feel like this is something people do, but it is, huh? Oh, totally. You used to do this. I did this. Yeah, I did this. I loved this episode when it first aired because this was what we did. Um, when there was as a real tradition, as a real tradition, there was one year, I don't think it was uh, Thanksgiving per se, but there was one year we had a friend over to the house on a Sunday uh, during football season. And at halftime, we decided to go outside and throw the football around and it was snowing. And it was just that kind of cool moment that um, that I enjoy in sports and in movies and, and whatnot, where you get to throw the football around with friends and family. Um, you're not really playing the pig skin. The pig skin. Did you get throw to toss up, the you know, pig put skin? Put on your your leather helmets and run around. Um, and so, yeah, I really liked this episode when it first aired. I didn't like it so much on this reviewing. Oh, really? Yeah. Everybody's. I don't. I didn't like how everybody was at. I mean, I initially kind of liked how everybody was at each other's throats. Um, but yeah, Joey and Chandler's little petty uh, fight over the the Swedish or Danish girl. In this episode, that that just kind of annoyed me. Uh, Ross and Rachel. um, Actually, not Ross and Rachel. Ross and Monica. I did like this. This is kind of a foundation for the the series. I don't know if we see much of their competitiveness or Monica's especially. Yeah, we've seen. Or that they're brother and sister. I feel like that gets lost sometimes. I like the dynamic of them as brother and sister. I also like that they are geeks. Like that, this yeah. we'll see this in some later episodes. They are they are geeks. They 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 are kind of they're not. They, cool. they weren't popular. No, yeah. they they're not cool. I that's funny. I liked that a lot. This I mean this episode it they're jerks in this episode. I mean Ross yeah. fat shames Monica. The weird Joey and Chandler playing for the girl. Like whoever wins the football gets yeah. to ask her out. And and that like the girl is totally okay with this. It seems. 
But she's not. Though. But she is. They they force she her. She winds up walking. They force her to pick though before she gets annoyed and finally walks away. <clears throat> like any normal person, any real human being wouldn't have done what she did. But she's in a sitcom, so you go with it. But still, that was hard to watch. It wasn't. I didn't enjoy the fact that this is completely a a, a sitcom type of thing. I think the series, while being a sitcom and being funny. Does a good job of of bringing some reality to that humor, and this wasn't really too realistic to me. That particular aspect, because I feel like there's a I. Th- we were saying this before. This is an episode where Chandler is, yeah, he's trying to get over a bitter heartbreak. He's struggling, and that's when he's the best Chandler. Like I was saying, a bitter Chandler is the best Chandler. I feel like there's more cynicism in this humor. Yeah, I feel like again, in terms of a story arc, we're getting it. I feel like that's real. I don't know. I, I think the show works best when there is tension between the friends. You know, I think it's when they're arguing or, 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 or when, you know, the whole will they or won't they is much better than they are kind of thing. You know, like, I like that. And I think you get meaningful character moments out of that. But I don't know. This one, I really enjoyed watching yeah. this episode. That's, I agree it's interesting with you. that you, you aren't, aren't a fan of it. Well, I agree that, that it is, you get more out of when they're at each other, um, when they're not always getting getting along. I feel like this episode, on this reviewing of it, um, d- does that too much. There's too much uh, opposing forces going on in in, in each storyline, and maybe that's why it, it just rubs me the wrong way uh, now. Because you've got Ross and, and Monica going at it, you've got Joey and Chandler going at it, you got Rachel kind of being dismissed by everybody, and uh, I mean, I think. Phoebe's the best part of the episode to me because she's sort of aloof and above all of that and just enjoying her free-spirited self in in the episode, which is a lot of fun. She's also wearing a shirt with Rachel's mom on it. (laughs) That's true. She's wearing a That Girl (laughs) t-shirt. That's true. And I did make a note of, was this before or after we met Rachel's mom? I want to say it was after, I think but I don't it was know when after. we met. I'm not sure when she, when Marlo Thomas showed up. Yeah. I don't know. This episode's light. Nothing really gets resolved. True. I feel like you can pick this episode up and, and, and you wouldn't nece- have to necessarily know. They do a pretty good job of telling you Chandler just broke up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This, I feel like when I think of holiday episodes, maybe it's because of how we watched stuff last season. Like this this is one that has to take place at Thanksgiving? I don't think so. No. No. It probably doesn't. You're right. Because they can play football anytime. They can of have the year. a competition. And that's really what the episode was about. It wasn't necessarily about Thanksgiving. But there's a Thanksgiving presence in that's it. That's like true. You, you get the feeling of it. It is a Thanksgiving episode, but I don't think it has to take place on Thanksgiving. But and you weren't a fan. Not, not. It was really weird. This was probably my least favorite episode of all the ones we uh, rewatched. Whereas historically, I've always really enjoyed enjoyed this episode. It was always one I, I liked and thought of when I thought of Friends. Yeah. No, it came right back. Let's see if this next one does because this. Next episode, season four, Thanksgiving episode is episode eight. It was called The One with Chandler in a Box. Uh, this would have aired in 1997. This is a part of a bit of the series where I wasn't watching it every week. Oh, that's We had just graduated college. Yeah, so I, I think I missed a lot of this this one because uh, it's, it's an episode written by Michael Borco, who worked on this show for uh, two seasons, two, three, X, three seasons, two, three, and four. He wrote an episode of Close to Explains It All, whatever. But uh, this is a very 
continuity driven episode coming into this episode i was even thrown this time because i was trying to figure wait what's going on Uh, apparently in the episodes previous to this chandler had kissed joey's girlfriend kathy um kathy so they started dating monica had dated richard an older man who was her uh childhood dentist eye doctor Uh, eye doctor thank you um chandler and joey's apartment had been robbed i mean there's a lot that happened before this that since i've watched the show before i know but none of it really gets explained no this this definitely feels like and by this point in the show's life the fourth season it was being watched every week yeah by its fans so i think this was a very like you this show felt in motion unlike the previous three that we watched yeah I felt. it's a definite leap from from that uh, uh football episode because like you're saying you can pull that out and watch that anytime and not really have to worry about it um, but this, and then I think all the following episodes really rely on the fact that you know these characters, you're with them every week, and they each have an ongoing, evolving storyline. Which I like in the bigger continuity. I just think as a holiday episode, it's 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 a little jarring. Like, it's not about Thanksgiving. No, it it's not about Thanksgiving. And at this point, yeah, I mean, your Thanksgiving episodes aren't going to be about thanksgiving per se this is almost a christmas episode because they're all setting up who their secret santas are going to be for christmas that's kind of lumps them both together yeah we'll call it a holiday episode that's a holiday episode watching this reminded me how much i enjoy it paget brewster plays kathy she's so great who's great she and paul rudd i feel like were the best guest stars to ever come on the show they really fit in it absolutely hated that they made kathy cheat on chandler and and leave the show she could have been on the show for like two more seasons. She was amazing. I loved her. You don't really get a sense of that in this episode. No, though. not really. No, I guess no. if you're just watching this episode. But um, I have a strong fondness for Kathy. No, I thought she was great. She really fit into the show and it made sense. Yes. The show didn't always get this. And I feel like, you know, a lot of shows it's like it's – Instead of Monster of the Week, it's Date of the Week. It's like, let's bring another character for someone to date. You know, Monica's trying to go on dates or Joey's going on dates. And let's give them one defining characteristic. You know, he's a he's a, a food critic or, uh, you know, she has a fake leg, which gets referenced in this episode. Um, but, but yeah, the Paget Brewster, Kathy character, actually, it made sense why... It made sense why her and Joey hooked up, but it made sense why her and Chandler would get together because they had yeah. similar sensibilities of comedy. So I like that. I like that setup. And so this episode actually has a pretty strong emotional through line. Yeah. Joey if had seen previous, the previous episodes. If you had seen the previous episodes, Joey had walked in, I think, and saw them kissing or how, or Chandler told him. I don't even remember. Uh, but somehow Chandler and Kathy hook up. Yeah. He, he catches them ki- kissing. Um, he does okay. because he one of his his whole arguments throughout this whole storyline is that if he had just told him, then things would have been different. But because you you lied to me, um, this is why. I feel it's like they have that conversation in the previous episode where Chandler does start to tell him he's interested in her and that Joey is accepting, and then he says they've already kissed, and that's when they maybe he gets mad. We'll have to, you know so, what? We should have a next episode should be a binging podcast of of all the previous episodes to the Thanksgiving episodes. <laughs> the pre-Thanksgiving. But basically it's set up that Joey and Chandler her roommates, Joey is mad and not talking to Chandler because of what's going on with him and Kathy. And so somehow it winds up that 
uh, this is what it is. It references an episode where they were robbed, where Joey got locked in this cabinet while someone robbed the apartment, which is a pretty ridiculous thing. And while he was in there, he was thinking about how he let down Chandler. So when Chandler's saying, what can I do to make you forgive me? He decides that we have a big box. Chandler will crawl into that during Thanksgiving, just sit in the box and think about what he's done. Yeah. Pretty silly. Saying it out loud, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that is a ridiculously dumb plot. But they set it up pretty well. I, you know, they set it up well. Like he, Chandler yeah, th- says it to Joey as sort of like just an aside, ridiculous statement. If I could do that, I would. And then Joey, being Joey, was like, "Oh, well, then let's do it." And there's some real emotion in that. Like yeah. Joey is actually hurt. He actually feels for what Chandler does. Like it's, I, I, I like that through line of it. There's a lot of infighting in this episode, which again is when I think the show works best when there's tensions there. Also, what I was surprised in watching this show, and I forgot this, and you, we see it as the episodes go on. I don't normally like Ross, but Ross is a great friend with Joey. Like, I enjoy it when Ross and Joey are friends. Like, there's a nice scene where Ross is trying to get Joey to forgive Chandler. And then Joey's saying, like, well, if Chandler's not my best friend, now I have space and you can be my best friend. And Ross seems actually touched. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, that's nice to see them together. And Ross does the nice thing of saying, of still trying to get him to forgive Chandler. Like, But this was the first time I feel like I really saw, and maybe I should be saying Matt LeBlanc and David Schwimmer. I don't know if it's Ross and Joey are fun together, because we're going to see in another episode. They, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't stay in character when they're together. <laughs> But David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc, when they get to play off each other, it's really engaging, actually. Yeah. I like them together. I think because they're kind of the opposites. Uh, Ross is the intellectual and and Joey is just the the dumb fun guy. Uh, So I think they find ways to make that work pretty well between them. So, yeah. Do you have some thoughts on this episode? Anything you wanted to to add to the one with Chandler in a box? Um, I mean, it has to be set at Thanksgiving. It wouldn't work somewhere else. I don't think it would. I don't think... It needed to be a Thanksgiving episode because why else would they all have to be there for dinner if it wasn't Thanksgiving? I mean, yes, that puts them all together. But come on, they're always all together anyway. You know what I mean? Like, but Joey is it's it's an issue because kind of like Joey and Chandler want to be in the same room, like that kind of tension. That's ha- that happens with other times too, where it's this tension of. But I feel like this is an episode that is Thanksgivingy sort of. You don't? I. I, I I think if you needed to, I here's what I think. I think they had this kind of idea, this plot line with with Kathy and Joey and Chandler at odds, and how do they get over this? Um, and the other um, side of this that we didn't, haven't really mentioned is that Monica gets uh, an injury to her eye and needs to see her eye doctor, who is her former boyfriend Richard. She's in so much pain, she calls anyway, even though she doesn't want to see him. Turns out he's not there, so they got to see the on call. Uh, person turns out the on-call person is Richard's son Timothy Burke, and so there's that angle, and I think that all can happen somewhere other than Thanksgiving. Uh, could be a birthday, you know what I mean? Like would put them all together. Uh, could be Ross and Rachel's anniversary if they were together at this point. You know, something could have put them together. It it doesn't necessarily have to be Thanksgiving in this episode. Well, I guess it could be any meal. I feel like there is. I mean, Thanksgiving helps. We're- Certainly it does help, especially at the end when uh, Joey forgives Chandler. It, it helps that it's Thanksgiving because it does have that warmer feel to it. Yeah. Well, to move to one that maybe doesn't have, definitely doesn't have to thank 
take place at the holidays. Uh, season five, episode eight, is an episode entitled The One with All the Thanksgivings. <laughs> this doesn't really need to be set there, right? I guess not. <laughs> yes, um, of course this, it does. Do you like this episode? Uh, the One with All the Thanksgivings is okay. Oh. It's okay. I was all set for you to say this is your favorite Thanksgiving episode. No, this isn't my favorite. I, it's okay. It's fun. Um, I should it's have. It's a re- flashback episode. It's it's a it's a multiple flashback episode. It's yeah. a pre uh, present life flashback episode. Yeah, you don't <laughs> like flashback episodes, do you? Uh, I don't mind them if they make sense and have some continuity. Um, I think we've talked about the Friends episode where they flash back to before uh, they were all friends, before they were in the situation they were in, where we saw Ross make a move on Phoebe, that episode. Yeah, that's one of my, that's one of my favorite episodes. And it makes sense. Like, there's there's some continuity to it. It kind of makes sense. It, it, it foreshadows Monica and Rachel. Or, excuse me, uh, <laughs> Monica and Rachel. That's a Freudian slip. Um, it foreshadows Chandler and, Ra- and Monica. Chandler and the duck. Chandler and the Duck. Um, so, but it's it's a it's a good episode, and yeah. I also like the pseudo flashback episode where you've got the prom video. Mm-hmm. I like that episode. I but think this one. I think this one is sort of um, saying, "Hey, those other ones worked. Let's do it again." <laughs> so, and we'll get into what each of the flashbacks are in a minute to, to get some bearings of where we are by season five. Monica and Chandler are secretly dating, right? People don't know yet. Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, Joey, and Joey might know at this point. Joey might know, but remember. it's still kind of a secret. Ross and Rachel are together or are not together? I don't think they are together. They're not together. And Ross's hair looks different. It's not the weird little crop to the head thing. It's a little more wavy, little early 90s for 1998. Um yeah, I this is one where I think that one piece that Monica and Chandler are secretly dating is necessary to the episode, but you, you probably can't just pick up this episode, huh, because of the flashbacks. Flashbacks are not something you can just lightly walk into because they rely on the knowledge of the character. Correct. Um, the first flashback we see, and this ties into the first episode we were talking about, is set in 1978. We see Chandler. It's basically Chandler's origin story. That's Chandler. We see him. That, that flashback, yeah. And this episode, I actually said to my wife that it's Monica's origin story in a way, too. That's true. We kind of see the – it does a very Star Wars thing where it's a small universe and everybody impacts everyone else. Yeah. But we in this one, we see, we see – you know, in the first episode, I think we, we heard the, the one where Underdog gets away, the first Thanksgiving episode. Chandler talks about how he hates Thanksgiving. We get a sense that his parents divorce. In this episode, we see him as a child. There's a – Pretty a kid who does a pretty good Chandler impression. <laughs> without, he doesn't have to say without anything. saying a word. Yeah, yeah. And we just see him at dinner, and we get the sense that his father's cheating on his mother with their living male servant. Is that who, what it is? Yes. Yeah. So we see that it's a quick kind of you know like it's a quick scene, almost to the point that if this wasn't a flashback episode, that would have been hilarious to have this one flashback. <laughs> But it, it, you know, we we're talking about building Chandler's storyline. It, it ties things together. It's kind of nice to see that. Do you like seeing a younger actor play Chandler in that moment? Yeah, that was fine. And I think you need that, and maybe even the Phoebe flashback that comes next. I think um, oh. to 
because that sort of wets the palate, so you're used to the flashbacks, and so when you get to the meat of the flashbacks, um, you're you're kind of ready for them. Well, because after the Chandler one, we get a flashback. It's a flashback to an earlier Thanksgiving for Phoebe, uh, set in 1862. Uh, she's remembering a past life where she was a nurse during in wartime. And by the and- way, I don't think we said that the, the whole crux of, of these flashbacks is that they were trying to decide who's had the worst Thanksgiving. Yes. And so that's a good point. that was Chandler's worst Thanksgiving. And this is Phoebe's worst Thanksgiving. Which is her working as a nurse during, I don't know which war it is. I want to say the Revolutionary War, but that's wrong. Maybe the Civil War? Maybe I don't the know. Civil War, yeah. But she loses an arm. <laughs> There's an explosion. Her arm falls off. Blood starts spurting out. And she's unfazed by it. But the idea is like, isn't this an awful Thanksgiving? And that's funny, but it's incredibly out of place. Like, that's not the kind of joke this show does. It's out of place, but... And it's it's a kind of joke she could have spoken, but to but, visually see it. But that's why I think it is. In, that's that's why I think it works because it is exactly the type of thing she would say. Yeah, and then they would react the same way they react when they say in this life, Phoebe. And so because we're not seeing Chandler talk about his his worst Thanksgiving, um, we're seeing the visual of it, and then we're not seeing. Phoebe talk about her worst Thanksgiving. We're seeing the visual of it. It works, I think. I think it makes sense. But we're five seasons in at this point. We know these characters. Why can't she have a real character building moment? As I think this kind of points out well, that while Lisa Kudrow is amazing, it, but what is a Phoebe episode? They never know what to do with her. I think if we were to be watching the, the seasons as a whole, we would find some good Phoebe episodes. I think they're. I think they're. I think she's a very good performer, mm-hmm. but I think her storylines are pretty light, with the exception of giving birth to twins. Let's make her pregnant to give her a storyline. That's what women are. That's not true. <laughs> I just feel like it's. And this. I again. I think it's a funny joke, and it, you know, and and it's a funny visual. And and I get a little bit of what you're saying. It sets the ground. It's it's visualizing what she normally says. It's just odd. It's just a little jarring. Like yeah. I, I remember it from the episode, and even in watching, because I I really liked this episode the first time I saw it. It's probably not my favorite one now, but I remember that seeming a little jarring at that point. Yes, I would I would agree. Uh, but from there, we flash back to 1992, which is actually around the time of the flashback of that episode we were talking about before. Um, and it's 1992. It's Thanksgiving, so we see that Phoebe's living with Monica. Uh, Chandler still has his goatee. Everyone's in their 90s clothes. And Joey has a turkey on his head. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I thought, he does. I thought that'd be more interesting. <laughs> this is just a flashback to them being younger. And Joey puts a real turkey on his head thinking it'd be funny to scare Chandler, but he can't get it off of his head. And it's fine. It actually sets something up for the episode. Are you reading the newspaper? No, I'm looking at my notes because... Um, you're mentioning Joey having a, a turkey on his head because he wanted to see yes. if he could do it. I believe was the reason. Um, the scared Chandler. He wanted yes. to scare Chandler. In season one, um, when the Ross storyline was about talking to the baby in the womb, um, they wanted to. Uh, he wasn't sure that the baby could even hear that, and Phoebe suggested that he put his head inside the turkey 
so he could hear what it sounds like. <laughs> and I, I wrote the reason I turned my page is because I went back to that episode. It's like I thought I put a note there, and I, I like that there was a lot of turkey head jokes throughout these episodes. <laughs> Two is a lot, and that's not sarcastic <laughs> for head and turkey jokes. Three, it'll be three. There will be three. That's true. So this that bit's funny. I think it's. I think that you know you were saying the Phoebe thing helps you settle into this. I feel like that. You could have gone from the Chandler story to that story, and that would ease sure. you into, okay, they're telling flashbacks. Because the next one we get, it doesn't have a date. I think it's 1987, but they don't actually flash a date on the screen that I remember. But I think it's 87, um, and it's it flashes back to the first time that the Geller family, Monica and uh, her parents, meet Chandler. Uh, he and Ross went to college together. They're coming home from college to have Thanksgiving dinner. And this flashback is what they had done this, I think, at least once by now. This is kind of when you see the actors in makeup as they're younger. So you get like Monica with a with that fake nose. You get an over or uh, Rachel with the fake nose. You get an overweight Monica. You get Chandler looking like flock of seagulls with the haircut. You have um, Ross looking like a sexual predator. And, you know, part of the joke is just look how silly they look. And I, and I, I like these bits. I like their performances. Yeah. Chandler doesn't really do much, but I love Monica when she's younger. I think that's a great – I like her as that character. I like Rachel's performance. And this is funny. This is a funny little scene that shows them getting together. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy it. And then it segues to another flashback. I think because what, what, that one's being told, I think, because everyone thinks they know what Monica's worst Thanksgiving is. Right, because that's the Thanksgiving where she overhears uh, Chandler uh, make fun of her weight. Doesn't want to be left alone with her. Which is harsh because yeah. they are dating and I get that. And I, I could see that. I, I mean, I, I'm in that situation where earlier in life you did something that hurt someone. Now you're close. And that's always kind of floated there. Like, do you tell them you said that? Or like, I get, get that. That's, that's, that's a painful thing. Yeah. And you're talking about it being Monica's origin story. I think that's a good way to put it because the next flashback jumps ahead a year to 1988, Thanksgiving again. Rachel has had her nose job, but she everyone's at the Geller's house again. So Rachel, I think, is just out of high school, or maybe she's still in high school. I probably had just, just had her, out. I'm not sure. Okay. Just had her nose job. Yeah. Chandler and Ross show up looking like they're on Miami Vice the way that they're dressed. Is Ross coked up? <laughs> um I guess he's very or is he that. high? I, he's very twitchy. Uh, I don't think so, but I guess you could imply that. I, I they I don't never know really what he's doing. He's very glossy eyed and moving around, but yeah. What we see is that Monica comes out and she's very thin. She's Courtney Cox now without the prosthetics of the the suit that makes her look bigger. Yeah. And the plot is kind of she comes out, Chandler is surprised, and the idea is that she lost all that weight to teach him a lesson. Right. <laughs> like I'll teach him. And which is odd. I guess that's how teenagers think. It's an odd body issue yeah. but then what happened this, this flashback similar to the phoebe one <laughs> goes in a weird direction <laughs> it does um and part of it is very entertaining and i will always laugh at it including just recently when we watched these um so what happens it, it wasn't what? enough for monica to come down and and show off her her new figure and her health and she jokes yeah now my heart's not you know uh, a problem. Um, it wasn't enough for her to see the reaction on his face. She wanted something more. She wanted him to be far more embarrassed. 
And so she says that she wants to like have him like naked uh, out on the front yard. And so Rachel says, well, you know, if you make it seem like you want to have sex with him, he will take off his clothes and then you can somehow get him outside. And so Rachel shows Monica how to seduce him using some of the items in the kitchen. She takes a towel and kind of dabs it to her chest and, and, you know, does a couple other things. And so when Monica has that opportunity, she's alone in the kitchen with Chandler. She tries to do that, but she does it uh, comically well with carrot sticks instead of a towel and a frozen uh package of peas against her cheek and then she tries to take a knife the cold steel of the knife to put it against her chest but now she's holding so many things in her hand that she loses uh, control of them and the knife flies through the air and lands on Chandler's toe severing the head of the pinky toe away from his foot that's a weird plot line, right? <laughs> it is. Here's why I don't like it. I like everything else about it. I like that bit. What I don't, and, I, and I'm fine that the the toe comes off. To be perfectly honest, and there's a very funny um, line from Elliot Gould when uh, the knife goes through the 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 shoe, and Elliot Gould was like, "Well, of course, it's made of wicker," and just that delivery from Elliot Gould is is priceless. I love it. But what happens is when we flash back to modern day, Chandler is very PO'd that this even occurred. Pissed off. Pissed off. Yes, I'm sorry for our uh, home viewers. Pissed off. Uh, Because... Thanks for watching your iPod (laughs) or phone. Um, Apparently, the fact that he has been without most of his pinky toe uh, has really bothered him for his entire life since that moment. Um, and he didn't realize that it was just an accident and it could have all been avoided. And so he got very, very upset at Monica that this even happened. Yeah. And that, that's it's been the a part. full decade at that point. It's been 10 years. Yeah. And, and there's been no indication that he's ever had trouble with, with his foot or his toes. Um, and yeah, so that, that's the part that bugs me about this. I get it. It's another sitcom contrivance. You have to have him upset so they can make up at the end. Um, but. And have an actual meaningful moment because what yeah. happens is he gets really mad because – and again, this ties into this idea of his arc. It's Thanksgiving. And this is a Thanksgiving where he's with – even though it's secret, you can't tell everyone. He's with Monica trying to enjoy it. So he finds out that she yeah, made him lose his toe, which is a <laughs> dumb contrivance. Yeah. It's a weird plot. doesn't fit the show. It's pretty funny, but it's weird. Yeah, the, parts but it leading up to moment- it, the parts leading up to it are very funny. And the, the ending I very much enjoy, but that – the fact that it's around this just has always bugged me. Yeah, I guess they need him to be mad to go in the other room so that he so that Monica can come cheer him up by putting a turkey on her head and doing a little dance. And that makes him laugh. And, a hat. and it makes him laugh. He says, I love you, and they have a funny, meaningful moment, which I like. It's a moment it's the first yeah. time Chandler says I love you to Monica, he immediately is nervous about saying it. And that's a great interplay. And I think and she loves they were it. just missing the bridge to get to that. Exactly. I think they were missing how to because he's not angry like he's annoyed with Thanksgivings, but he wasn't angry. So yeah, it's a little contrived, it's a little plotty, but I like it. I mean, again, this is an episode that's not just about Thanksgiving. It's a step in their relationship. I remember loving this one when it was on, 
but yeah, it's it's funny. I think it's it, fine. I think you love it. It has to take place at Thanksgiving. It does have to take place at Thanksgiving, and I think you love it more when it's on because when it's on, you're in the story. You've watched the previous episode the week before. Because part of it, the the like the the Chandler and, and the Monica storyline, that's 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 what makes it a little more engaging. I think so. Yeah, for sure. Because you do lose that aspect. In fact, I really didn't think about it until just now when you mentioned it, uh, that they were still hiding their relationship in this episode. That didn't really dawn on me uh, as I watched the episode. It, it hit me at the end, of course. But in that moment, it, it wasn't a part of what I needed to know to watch the episode. Um, and so I think the episode works a little bit more, still contrived, but it works a little bit more. Um, having that lead up. The last episode we're going to talk about from uh, from season six, uh, it's an episode called The One Where Ross Got High. Um, this is, you know, it's another Thanksgiving episode. It's built around the meal. Monica's having her parents over. Um, so they're going to prep Thanksgiving so you know there'll be all these sorts of troubles. And this is an episode, I th- it does rely on some continuity. I had to think, where is this place? I thoroughly enjoyed this episode, partly because I didn't know where it was placed. Oh, yeah. A little bit. There's a lot going on in this that if you were a fan of Friends, it just came into it. I mean, if you had heard of Friends, but just came into this one, I think you can figure the show out. But there's a lot to this. This is, at this point, Monica and Chandler's relationship is open. People or is people know it, not an open relationship. But almost, people are aware it's happening. Almost Well, everyone. it's true. Her parents don't know. Right. That's key. And so the idea idea is when they come over don't let them know monica says because they we find out they don't like chandler yeah which works like that's a contrivance that that that's never really come up that they don't like chandler we're in season six but i think it has they didn't like him in the flashback episode previously that's that's true and that and that's why it works but i mean it's never been spoken outright it's never been a bit it's never been a moment where we know for sure that they don't like him there's always been moments of of annoyance with Chandler as as being grown-ups compared to uh, the kids here. Um but there was never like that clear they just don't like you. It's but but it makes sense throughout these seasons that that that's believable. You know, it's not something that they just had to create um for the purpose of this episode. It makes sense. Well, and this is the one that it almost plays like kind of like a sequel to the last one we saw. Because I feel like coming from the one where the parents first meet Chandler and they seem disgusted by him, coming from is Ross whacked out on Coke? <laughs> With that in my mind, coming to this episode, it did actually feel like there was some childhood continuity now. And I say that because much like the title of the episode, what we find out is Monica's parents don't like Chandler because in their mind they tried to get Ross high on pot once because of a time, and they Ross tells the story, where he was smoking pot in his room at home. His parents came in, and he told them that Chandler had been in there trying to get him to smoke it, and then he jumped out the window. So basically, he blamed uh, Chandler for the pot smell. And that's why they don't like him. And there's two things going on with that. One, that's hilarious. <laughs> It's hilarious because if we're going to go back in this idea that the Gellers are losers, that Ross and Monica are geeks, I like this Ross experimenting with pot, this doofus in his room smoking pot, and then needing to hide it and lying about it and playing off of this idea that pot is bad. 
like it's funny it's funny that he even as an adult now he still he has this feeling that oh, i can't let them know i smoke pot i get that yeah i get that there are things you hide from your parents what's odd to me and this this isn't odd because it's not believable it's odd just because it shows how the climate has thankfully changed it's odd to me that in 1999 that pot like that <laughs> the idea that Monica and Ross's parents would be hold on to something like that for 10 years. How dare you get my son to smoke pot like that? The the way they're dealing with marijuana smoking is odd, I find in this. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, I think it's of the time. I think that's the weird weight pot had in the 90s. Sure. Um and but the other thing is that I don't think that was universal. Like that would probably play weird to a lot of people. I think in straight-laced homes, probably like mine, yeah. I think pot was kind of like this thing that you, what you smoke, which is dumb. It's dumb to be fearful of pot, but (laughs) it's just odd kind of to see that on a TV show. And it makes sense that Ross wants to sidestep it because that's his character. And he's like the, the, the perfect son. So he wants to maintain that. I, it's a little sitcom dumb that his, that the parents are still holding on to that as adults. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. Thought it was funny. And any any um, episode that you get Elliot Gould in, I'll take it. That's good. We get him a couple times here. Yeah. Um, this is another episode where Ross and Joey. I like how they interact. Yeah. Like they're well. I, again, I like David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc interacting. I had forgotten Elle McPherson had been on this show. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Joey's Four or five dating Elle McPherson, or she's his roommate. She's his roommate. So uh, yeah, Chandler has moved in with. Um, Monica. Monica. Uh, Rachel had been living with Joey, but recently moved out. I uh, can't remember if she moved out on her own at this point or if she moved in with Ross. I don't think they're having the kid yet. No, that's much later. Yeah, so she... she or maybe she moved in with Phoebe. she's living with Phoebe right Yeah, now, she's I with think. Phoebe at this yeah. point. Uh, and so, yeah, Joey needed a roommate. And, of course, he accepted Elle McPherson. And so Elle McPherson is a dancer, I think, a oh, ballet yes. dancer. Am I right? And so she's having Thanksgiving with her friends. So her Ross and Joey friends. want her dancer friends. So Ross and Joey are really hoardy and want to go. Yeah, because they're not. They don't really cook, so they're probably just going to sit around and drink. Drink wine is what Elle McPherson's yeah. characters say. So they really want to go, and it's and again, this is where. It's fun to watch David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc be horny for that and want to go to that. It doesn't make sense that Ross does. It doesn't make sense but that Ross might. acts or feels this way. I think if we had seen way. the previous episodes, you know, he's he's in his um, struggling with relationships era. But it's just, I mean, were you ever like this? Like, we got to go hang out with the girls. Uh, like, it's a very sitcom yes. vantage point. I, I will admit that you? I was like that. There were times I never was successful at it. But when I found Wait, out, what? Oh, the, yeah, oh yeah, there was actually one very specific moment I recall where the girls were hanging out, and your your pal Steve Sabellico um, and I decided More names for the viewers not to know. And by viewers, I mean people staring at their phones. <laughs> we decided, let's go. Yeah, all the girls are hanging out. Let's totally go over there. We'll bring some chips. We'll bring some dip because that's how cool we were. We it, we should have brought pot, but instead we brought <laughs> chips and dip. Um, and uh, it was very unsuccessful. 
But so yes. what were your? Th- what did you think was going to happen, or what did you want to? Oh, happen? we were going to just the- hang out. It was going to be fun. We were going to crack jokes. They were going to laugh at our jokes. We were going to flirt it up, and then no, we were all going to be making out at the end of the night. So there's flirting. I, that I get. I just the Joey and Ross thing. It seems like are they expecting to see nudity? Are they expecting? No, to have they're sex? expecting. They're expecting exactly that. They're expecting to, to drink. They're expecting to joke. They're expecting to laugh. They're expecting the girls. To uh, be a little uh, freer with their 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 will, since the the alcohol is in them, and so maybe sex. They're looking for sex. They're looking for sex. Were you and your friend looking for sex when you guys did this with your chips and dip? Uh, yeah, is I, that what that would have been the, the the preferred outcome? That's the desire. Is that the expectation? Did you think that that I, could happen? I, I I thought there was a chance that could happen. So this is a believable. This is a believable oh, plot line. It. Really? Yeah, I totally huh. could get why they wanted to ditch the, uh, the the parents and the friends and the turkey and just hang out with some dancers drinking wine. I'd mm-hmm. rather be there. Do you think it's odd that they're guilted in the staying? Because they don't end up going. I don't think that's odd. That that makes sense to me. I think okay. it works. I think Joey probably could have gotten out if he really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Well, this seems a little bit like first or second season Joey. Not so much six season joy, but still fun. And I still enjoy it. Cause again, I love if this was David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc are horny, I would watch that because <laughs> that's funny. And I enjoyed it, by the way. I thought it was funny. Another thing that makes this funny, this episode has one of my favorite jokes in it, which we'll get to in a second. But um the 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 dessert that Rachel's making, the trifle, this is a little bit of sitcom stupidity, but I will forgive it because of the outcome. I mean, this is a very light episode, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but the the recipe she's making, it's in a magazine. And the recipe, we hear her describe it to Joey and Ross as being like, you know, it's a layer of custard, a layer of jam. sweets, a little jam, jam yeah. layer of meat, <laughs> and more whipped cream. Seasoned meat with peas. Which, yeah, which is disgusting, <laughs> yeah. which is jarringly disgusting. <laughs> Um, and it turns out that so she wa- Rachel walks away. Ross picks up the magazine to see look at the recipe, and he goes, "Oh my god, these pages are stuck together," meaning that she's been reading two different recipes. Right, she combined two different recipes. And before we go any further, this his statement of "Oh my god, the pages are stuck together" leads to what I think is one of the funniest jokes ever on this show: is that Joey looks over angrily and goes, "Chandler," as if to. <laughs> insinuate he's been masturbating into another magazine and that is pretty funny but what what's odd about this is one i don't know magazines it's it's our recipes back to back to back in magazines that seems odd to me but two rachel has to be dumb for this to work i'm glad that it works because the outcome is pretty funny but she does have to be dumbed down a little yeah which is fine well, because she what what happens is she makes what was that? Well, I was gonna say she's got to be dumbed down a little, but I mean she's she's grown. She's wasn't very worldly when when the show started, and she's grown. That's why it's dumbing but, down. But one thing she's she hasn't done. No, I don't think she has. I don't think she has cooked by now. I don't think we could go she back must and have find an episode Monica, where she put a meal together. For anyone. But Monica has a very humane sign of growth when there's a joke that even Rachel assumes that Monica's making a backup dessert in case hers goes wrong. And Monica says, no, she's got this or whatever it yeah. is that she says. Like, Monica is trusting Rachel to make dessert. I she, thought that I was nice. I don't think nice. she's trusting I thought that her. was sweet. I think she's showing support 
in a in a time when Rachel needs it because she's never done this before. So I think they set it up okay. I agree. It's a dumb sitcom thing. But I think they do an okay job putting enough uh, uh, believability, um, suspension of disbelief in the situation that you can kind of go with it. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's worth the payoff. Yes. Because ultimately what happens is she, she goes to serve the dessert. And once dessert is over, it's set up that Joey and, and, and Ross can leave. So she serves the dessert to everyone. And then in one of those moments where as long as somebody's at the table, the people at the couch, nobody can hear them. Um, <laughs> Monica or Ross explains what Rachel did and says everybody has to pretend to enjoy it. Yeah. And we have a pretty funny sequence of Rachel coming in and everyone eating it or, or getting out of eating it by saying certain things. Yeah, Phoebe um, geniusly says, oh, is this a traditional English trifle? So it has meat? Oh, I can't eat this. That, which is the only thing Phoebe has to do because her subplot in this episode oh, is ridiculous. It's pointless. She had a she had a, a horn dog dream about Mr. Geller. A horn dog dream? It's not a sex dream. What is dream? it called? Oh, did she? Oh, you're quoting. I just would have called. No, it no, a sex isn't that, dream. I couldn't. Think, I didn't know what to call it. I don't know why I chose horn dog. <laughs> <laughs> she has a, a wet dream about Mr. Geller. <laughs> And the whole time now she's viewing him that way. It's like she, again, she delivers the lines so well, but just like, this is what they give her. Yeah. I mean, she needs a plot, I guess, but is that something that happens? Do you really, I guess you do. I guess you can have a dream about someone you find them attractive, but again, I just feel like they don't know what to do with her ever at Thanksgiving, at least, but everybody, yeah, fakes their way through the dessert and you get a pretty funny scene of Ross and Joey (laughs) eating it. Yeah. Where Ross is struggling to swallow it, turns to Joey and makes the statement that it tastes like feet. And if you have you ever watched the gag reel from this season and how difficult it was to get through that, it is a pretty funny. It is. Again, David Schwimmer can be funny. Oh, David Schwimmer can be very funny. I hate Ross, but David Schwimmer can be funny. And it's a funny scene. It's, 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 you know, and again, it's, 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 it's comical. It's broad. Yeah. And I feel like the Thanksgiving episodes, that's great. They're like these stage plays. It's like dysfunctional family meals and, and it's great. And ultimately, uh, this, you, the uh, Monica and Ross's parents talk about how they didn't like Chandler cause he smoked, uh, j- Ross is forced to admit that Chandler didn't make him smoke pot, whatever it was. Parents end up liking them. Like, it's a nice outcome. It's a nice arc, like you were saying, for Chandler, because he gets acceptance. He gets to be mature. He gets some change. And it's done through this holiday. Yeah. Like, this episode, this one has to take place at Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you could stretch it and have it just be around any sort of important meal. But it works. It has to be Thanksgiving because otherwise... Uh, Janine, Elle McPherson's character, and her friends wouldn't necessarily be together. Uh, the parents wouldn't be over necessarily. Yeah, Thanksgiving is is really needed here, I think. Yeah, and it's fun. I mean, I again, we're watching it out of context with the other shows, but I feel like this show tapped into something there. Like, I enjoyed watching these, honestly. I enjoyed watching all – I watched all six in a row, and it, it, it was fun. Yeah. You know, I – yeah, and the one with the list, it's a good episode, but not really a Thanksgiving one. Um, that first underdog one felt the most real to me, even though that's the one I remembered the least. Like, I don't know how often I've actually seen that one. Right. Um, 
What was your favorite one of these? What one did oh, you like the I, most? I go back and forth. Um, I thought this might come up, so I was trying to, to list out which ones I, I liked the most. Um, I really probably laughed the most at this last episode, mm-hmm. uh, the season six episode. That one I loved the most. The trifle bit, I've always enjoyed since I first saw it. Uh, I always go, I referenced the trifle now and again, so I really liked that episode. And then it's almost a tie with season four Chandler in a box. Oh, um, okay. Is probably my next one. Watching these episodes, just like when we watched season three over almost two years ago now, this show works because it, it takes me back. Like it, we were living in a strange parallel, not exactly to the show when it was on, we were of the right age. Yeah. I know sometimes we mimicked the show in our own life, but I think the show reflected, and I forget this, the show did for a while at least reflect a lot of what it means to first be on your own. Why there are these friends in this tight knit group is because of how alone you are when you leave home. You build these communities of friends and you do everything together, including the holidays. And I did. I, I used to be like that. Yeah, I don't do that so much anymore. But that, that friendship circle is probably why the show hits me so well while well, I can keep going back to it. Cause honestly, not every episode lives up to it. I've watched various episodes and I have a hard time watching the show sometimes, partly cause I watched it into the ground. Yeah. I watched it so much, but it's still very touching. It's still very relatable and it takes me back, especially the like, yeah, seasons three, four and five really take me back to that age of living that life, but also just watching that show quite often with you for, for, for a good majority of it. Those are, you know, I that's a nice, Memory. Yeah. I mean, think this, I feel this show friends is very key for me to understanding our friendship. I think, I mean, I think we both enjoyed it. I think again, there was, there was something to understand in it and also the mimic of it. And yeah. I don't know. I think that's great. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to return to it. I think a lot of the parties we would throw, we just were doing mm-hmm. that so there could be friends moments. And it was fun, yeah. though. That's the thing. It was fun to live out loudly, drunkenly, whatever, the, the sitcom trope-filled existence. Yeah. And, and I, I, I do miss that. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I could do it now, but I definitely miss that. And I, I think it's, it's whatever it was. You know, I don't know if everybody does that. Tim, this is just hitting me right now. I'm, I'm saying these words as, they, as I think them. But I think we should start a, a crowdfunding campaign uh, that our listeners can support to uh, allow for us to be roommates again for X amount of time. Let, I, let's see if we can do it again. That'd be great. Let's see if we can get someone to, to pay for, the fund, for that. To go fund us <laughs> to get an apartment at current Alston prices in Alston, Massachusetts. <laughs> listeners, both of you. See what you can do with that. Get on that. And we, Bob will, and I need and we will document it and we will podcast it and, you know, it'll be a whole thing. And we'll see if we can relive our 90s, our friends' 90s. That sounds very plausible. And because we have a year until next Thanksgiving, we can get the funding in time for us to have it uh, be around Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll throw a Thanksgiving party feast. All right. 
Yeah, so how do you donate people? Well, if you want to donate to this cause of Bob and I living in a New England apartment <laughs> together, uh, check out 20popcast.com. That's what we do at the end of the show, because that's what we just hit. Uh, 20popcast.com. It's the home of this show you just listened to that you're about to throw your money at so we can do another show. Yeah, that's what you're going to do. I'm going to do uh, 20 pop- I'm going to set it gonna- up. I'm going to do All it. All right. Well, then there'll be a link. There'll be a link at 20popcast.com, which also has links to the show. Uh, this show, this podcast, the most recent episodes always up there streaming. Um, there's also links to all of our past episodes. Uh, you also find ways, if you like the show, to subscribe to it. You can subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on various Android devices, Google Play. Um, I would ask if you do enjoy the show, please subscribe to it. If you can leave a, a review, that helps us out. Leave a little little review. I know it takes a little time to do but all that helps us out. How exactly? I'm not sure. You know, I always say it helps us out. And then in my head, I'm like, eh, it shows us who's listening. But I, I I don't know. It's just nice to read. It's a popularity thing. I'm selfish. Make us look good. I don't know. But yeah, check out 20popcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at 20popcast, on Instagram at 20popcast. And there's a third thing. I'm forgetting what it is. Bob, we have to bring this to a close. So why don't you say some things about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, keep an eye out for that uh, crowdfunding link. I am excited <laughs> about that. Um, some of the uh, things that you can earn is actually an invitation to that Thanksgiving dinner. So keep Ooh. that in mind. Uh, keep keep that in look mind. out for that. And um, Jesus Christ. you can follow me on Twitter as well, <sighs> RH Canning. I think, Tim, when you ask people to write, I think we just want to know you're out there. Um, that's really what I think we need. We need just a little bit more interaction so we know <laughs> that, that there's uh, people listening and ready to uh, donate funding to our Double digits, grand people. ideas. <laughs> We want to know that 10 people are going to help us rent an apartment <laughs> for the contractual obligated amount of time the lease specifies. Uh, thanks for listening. Good luck digesting your meal. It is Thanksgiving and all that. I feel like this ending fell apart, but thankfully we have that GoFundMe campaign to look forward to. So yes, uh, get get your get your Bitcoins uh, out of the storage vault. How does that work? How does a Bitcoin work? I have no I don't have any clue, but but uh, listeners, if you do, sure, we accept Bitcoin, doubloons, that paper money with the Monopoly man. We'll take it. We'll take it. I've been wasted on whiskey doing this before, and it hasn't been a big deal. <laughs> but the mention of a single medicinal gummy... And you're like, oh, I don't, uh, hmm, I gotta, where's my bloodhound friend to take a bite out of this? That's not what I was saying. That's, that's no, just how I you, said that. You that's how that, I, that's how, yeah. no, that's how I heard it, which doesn't mean it's <clears throat> You're right. Actually, you said implied, or I inferred it. You inferred it. I inferred it. I did not imply it. Something like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I apologize. But still, that's it was right. kind of odd that you, the, having texted me <laughs> to get you some whiskey, which would have been difficult <laughs> to do, um, that you, we're like, whoa, whoa. Oh, and alcohol? Gummy? Because yeah. when I got home and I had dinner and I poured myself uh, some, my That's daughter asked, read. well, my daughter asked, are you having alcohol? And so yeah. we made this joke about how she was saying that. And that that's why I wrote it that way in the text. That w- that I thought why was going to my wife. Okay, so why did you send it to me? Because you thought it was, it was understandable. 